Episode 26 is underway, and this is a special episode because we are quite literally breaking new ground. But before we get into this episode, if you want to be on an episode, you listening or watching, send me an email right here. If you're watching, if you're just listening, it's sttf.weareverywhere at gmail.com or reach out to me on um, any of the socials, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, all that good stuff. Um, episode 26, we are breaking international ground. Our first guest that does not live in the United States of America. There are neighbors to the north. Mr. Scotty King. What's happening, man? Hey, how you doing, Clay? <laughs> good. Was that, a, was that a good enough intro for you? Yeah, yeah, really, really. <laughs> Really pumps, really pumps up the the international. Yeah. yeah, even though we could probably drive to either, each other's houses in about three and a half hours. Yeah, but. I was about to say I'm basically in Canada. So. Yeah, exactly. We 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 like to lump in some of the board border states as as almost Canadians. Yeah, like we could annex Maine and no one would notice. We just kind of whoop. Uh, <laughs> like there's a whole big piece of Maine missing. Yeah, uh, but or even uh, like the Upper Peninsula of of Michigan. It's like, yeah, exactly. And and there is so much kinship, like you know, between uh, the border states and the border provinces i mean 70 percent of canada's population lives a two-hour drive from the american border so that's there's your right there's your geography stat for the day uh, <laughs> but and what part of what part of canada are you in yeah so i'm currently in london ontario it's where i've made my home so i guess i'll be here for for quite a while I'm born and raised or uh no i was originally from a little town called chesley ontario which is more further north uh sort of mid southwestern ontario um okay. but uh still you know Pretty close to that Lake Lake Huron. That's in my uh, my spirit animal, Lake Huron. That's, don't don't stray too far from that. Uh, <laughs> that's what we share. Yeah, um, exactly. But yeah, I'm a small town kid at heart. Uh, and then uh, yeah, I went as far away as I possibly could. Ended up as far around the world as South Korea at one point, and then made my oh, way back. Cool. So yeah, you lived in South Korea. I did. Yeah, I taught English there for a while. For how long? Uh, uh, on again, off again for about a year and a half. There was wow. there was some uh, there was some time off there not by my choice but uh because of an asian economic crisis there but uh sure. it's into uh, some of the greater narratives we're going to be talking about today okay uh, perfect I, I was there i was there in 97 uh and got back in in mid 98 so uh okay i see where this is going <laughs> i see where <laughs> yes. this is going yes you do. Uh, before we get into that i i've i've always been intrigued like how hard like scale of one to ten if you mm -hmm. if you can think of it that way how hard is it is it to teach English as a second language? Because I've heard English is like the hardest language for people to learn that it isn't their first or their native tongue. So you know? teaching proper mm -hmm. and teaching conversational English are two kind of different things, right? Mm -hmm. uh, proper gra grammatical English is almost impossible to teach sometimes. <laughs> uh, conversational English... Um, if you've ever immersed yourself in a different culture, you you find that starts to come a little little easier. Uh, but there's a lot of a lot of tricky things that, like for example, when I when I taught in Korea, uh, the R sound doesn't exist. That's a Germanic hard R sound. They they can't or don't or, or aren't trained to roll that R in the same wow. way that we do. Which is why you know you get all those horrible stereotypes with people saying lice instead of rice. Sure, they're going to stick the tongue to the top of their mouth and it goes. And they try to go, and instead it goes, oh, oh, yeah. ice instead of rice. Um, but uh, I, I, so yeah, it, I was teaching kids uh, as young as like grade six, as old as high school. 
with varying levels, but really they, they just wanted to sort of more practice what they would, cause they take English there. Uh, but they, they do the more hard grammatical stuff. And I just sort of provided them with an outlet and immersion and, you know, getting used to, to speaking the language practice. Yeah. yeah. It great, it's, it's what set me on my path to becoming a full-time teacher, which I am right now. Congrats. Thanks. Very cool. Thanks. Um, okay. Let's get into some, still your story, but let's sure. get into the fish part of your story. Right. So, um, when and where did you discover fish? So, um, the, when would be about 1994. Um, okay. uh, and I was at that time, I'd opened up with a friend of mine, a, a French fry shop in a little beach town called Grand Bend, Ontario, which is right on the lake here on shoreline. Cool. And, and um, you know, at that point in my life, um, you know, I still had hair and quite long <laughs> hair, but I was more of the more of the Eddie Vetti, Eddie Vetter flavor than the uh, than, you know, the, the hippie variety. Although I, you know, I love classic rock. I love that was that was totally my jam. Sure. And uh, up until that point, I'd probably owned only like, you know, the the double disc, you know, best of the Grateful Dead set. That's all I had had. Uh, and that summer, simultaneously, I, you know, found my uh, some of my tribe and they handed me a few tapes, a few dead bootlegs. And simultaneously, um, you know, in 94, that's when Hoist dropped. And, you know, they were they were the people I was hanging out with weren't necessarily fish people right away. Um, but you know, soon those tapes started to come in and then within a year, uh, of, of it kind of be on the periphery, a live one hits more fish tapes start showing up within my friend groups. And, uh, really in that 94, 95 is where it all starts to gel for me. And, uh, I was hooked. I was absolutely hooked at that point. I couldn't, what? couldn't get enough. And even like, and I really gravitated to the game hinge stuff first. Like I love that. I love that sort of weird world and world building and, and just secret language and something that I could call my own. And it really take, didn't take that long for me to gravitate and latch on at all. And see, that's interesting because for a while it took me a while to mm -hmm. understand like the game hinge thing. Like I understood it's like, okay, it's his college thesis. He's making a story. He's tying it all in. It's musical. Cool. But it wasn't the first thing that like drew me in. I was like, mm -hmm. oh, it's a little, it took me a while with the game hinge thing. So that's interesting right. that that's like what hooked you right off the bat. Yeah. Um, and you said, so you said 94, how old were you in, in 94 when this was all taking place? Uh, 21. 21. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Man. So I was 21 and 94. Um, but again, you know, give me a time machine and tell me to quit the French fry shack and go on tour in 94. <laughs> right. Because it's going to, it's going to take me a while to actually, you know, see my first fish show from there. Right. So like, uh -huh. again, I'm like super into like, you know, uh, Pearl jam, uh, tragically hip up here. We're just starting to ascend. And I, you know, I love live music. I love going to live shows, but I was kind of like, you know, this, this fry shack I was running, I got like two days off a month kind of thing. Ah, uh, yeah. Like a university project. And then the next summer I did it and it was, it was the same sort of thing. And, and really like that kind of married me to where I was, even sure. though like some of my friends were still running off and like, I, again, kick myself. I never saw Jerry, you know, they come back. They're like, Oh my God, you won't believe what happened at Deer Creek. I'm like, eh, I know but <laughs> here I am paying for university with a French fry shack. Yeah. Um, but, and then there were a couple other missed opportunities too. So like, uh, I, I, again, I got, got done, graduated university, ended up going into the restaurant industry briefly. Um, some of my friends went to see, you know, fish at Auburn Hills in 96, missed that had plans, you know, for, for, you know, do some big stuff in 97 and then opportunity knocked. I always wanted to be a teacher, but getting into teacher's college was like super, super hard. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, so my friend who I went to high school with, she called and she says, hey, I'm in Korea. I'm done my contract. They say I can pick my successor. You still want to teach? And within three weeks, I got my visa, got my passport cleaned up and was in the land of kimchi. Not Wicked. even to say hello and just totally lost. Well, the rest of my friends literally went to Europe that summer, 97. And yeah, man, but there's there. there's something to be said for that, though, because mm-hmm. I'm trying to transport myself back to my 21 year old mind. Mm-hmm. And there's no way I could have been that responsible. And like you taking that opportunity and being and like you have this passion, right? And you're yeah. following it and you're like, yeah. man, I got to I got to do me. I got to do what's right for me. So. I know you said the time machine and if you could go back, but like, yeah, you set not, yourself up, man. <laughs> let's not push that responsibility button too hard either because like, like, break. I, I did not necessarily do my best at university, which is part of the reason I wasn't getting into teacher's college. <laughs> okay. uh, and, and I was also, you know, still seeing and playing a lot of live music at that time. And so uh, responsible might be too much, but what I've always been grateful for and so thankful for is when the one opportunity that would change everything came, I just consulted a few close people in my life and they were like, go for it. This could change everything. And it did. It changed my worldview. It changed my career path. It, 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 it just, it opened up so many things. And I still tell my students to this day, like when those opportunities come and you're not sure dive in because that's the stuff that changes your life. And that's the stuff because I let my grade 12 students, ask me at the end of the year every year you get one question as long as it's not getting fired <laughs> I'll, I'll answer well like you know like about my life yeah, I, you, yeah. You, you try to but you always try to like and and i they always say do you have any regrets and i'm like oh of course everybody does but the, the way to avoid regrets is just to try everything get outside your box because that's the only way that, that your life or your world ever changes truly dude you're, you're getting me fired up right now because i i have that same view it's like you know it's scary that's mm-hmm. why a lot of people don't do it you yeah. have an opportunity yeah. whatever that is going to korea yeah. moving across the country doing whatever mm-hmm. and it's like you start thinking about all the things that could go wrong instead of just diving in and being like let's figure it out what's the worst possible thing that's going to happen right you know well the, and, and then the worst possible thing did happen like the asian economic crisis literally hits at that time Asian economies crash. I ended up losing my job. But again, there was opportunity because we couldn't transfer our money out of the country. And so we started converting our money into things that we could actually be tangible, like, you know, like a laptop or, you know, I bought a moped Ah. Uh, because my money was devaluing outside of Korea. So I had to do something with it inside of Korea. And so the smartest thing I did was I bought plane tickets to Thailand, Vietnam, and it worked out with my school that said, listen, you guys can't pay me. I'm not going to stay, but I can't bring all this stuff with me. So I'll come back in two months. We'll see where everybody is in two months. They let me go. I traveled Southeast Asia, came back to Korea. It did work out. I taught a little more. Nice. And then I came home for the summer of 1998, which is where I which will is... see I will see my beloved fish for the first time. I love the freaking segue, man. You have been doing these podcasts. <laughs> I love the segue. I, it, well, it's history teaching too, right? Like yeah. I, I'm a history teacher, so you, you've, you've, you see the you've always got to find yeah. you've always got to find those points in the timeline. I can do a chronology, baby. Oh yeah, yeah, I love it. So uh, we know it's in '98. When yep. and where is your first show? Mine, Limestone, Maine, Lemon Wheel, Day oh, One. Great story. So 
Um, I came home and um, that July and we, uh, my friends had been to the great Wentz the year before and were raving, but uh, um, only one of them was, was able to go back, but he really wanted to, to do the show with me. So we had it all planned out. And then we are literally on our way out to Maine uh, taking the long way through Canada because it's actually shorter to go through the States, but we were going to see friends of ours in Ottawa and um, they'd gotten a hold of like, basically like Daisy chained it through my friend's mom to the, this guy, this guy's house back in the day was an answering machine. We got in from a night out and we'd found out that my grandmother had passed away, sadly. Oh, uh, not, fuck, man. not, not a huge surprise, but like, also I wouldn't have left if, you know, it was, it was, it was sudden, sudden. Enough. Right. So we turn around, we head fuck. back. We go to the funeral and then my dad to this day, I give him credit, just gave me his blessing and said, thank you for coming back. This meant a lot to everybody. Now go get out to the East coast. And we like trucked it through the night all the way out, drove 21 hours and got to limestone, Maine, got the tent set up and uh, got in basically. And those first notes of Mike's song, which leads off that festival, tears just start pouring down my face. Like, I mean, pouring down my face to this day i've cried at a few fish shows but i've never quite cried that hard and i will it's always indelibly like just etched in my mind uh that first set and just just that experience and then again another life-changing moment right like i come back from korea and and transition into this and then that would literally change the way that i viewed music and, and saw music from there on in man that is and it's <clears throat> that's why and i've said this a hundred times it's like it, you can't you can't explain that feeling. You know, mm -hmm. you mentioned like crying at fish shows a couple of times. Everyone has. They, yeah. they had to. Yeah. Um, but just knowing the backstory yeah. of everything with your yeah. grandma leading up and to I was, it. I was prepped. Like, like some people's first show is literally their first experience with a band. But I'd been uh -huh. listening to band at this point for four years. Um, like we were getting, like when I was in Korea, we were getting, you know, boots from the 97 like tour like you know i was like studying ready like this this was it this was a, a pinnacle moment so uh it meant it meant the world to me yeah and so now even whenever you like listen back does that mm -hmm. still bring back all of those emotions like do you still for sure, for sure. Yeah. oh who, can, who can't do that with certain shows right like yeah we'll probably talk about a few as we go along here but like there's you know there's just certain moments that it your, your soul is just pinned to uh and and you, you can place yourself right back there it's maybe the closest thing to time travel we have right <laughs> yeah that's a that's a really good way to put it yeah yeah um so you see the band for the first time in 98 mm -hmm. um after that after your first run of shows um you're in a hundred percent like so what's so throughout the rest of 98 like how many shows are you seeing are you picking up so, nine or yeah so i still got i i come back and i started start a new job but i i was at van andel in in uh, 98 the okay. 11 11 show that's uh that's now an official release which is great everybody check out the haley's comment from that that's 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 a classic it's um and then um from there uh my heaviest touring year is easily 99. Uh, cause that at that point I'm like just pre teacher's college into teacher's college, still, you know, living a collegiate lifestyle, fairly, fairly wide open. Uh -huh. Um, still, still have connections to, to the fry place, but not as deeply involved at that point. And, uh, and so yeah, heavy, lots of, lots of shows in 99, especially December 99. Um, 
including, I don't know, were you at Auburn Hills in 99 being from Michigan? Um, no. So I'm not originally from Michigan. I, okay. I, moved, okay. I moved here for work. So I've only lived here for about three years. Okay. Okay. Um, cool. But yeah, so, I know, I know how iconic you know, yeah. Auburn Hills was. Rest yeah. In peace. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, big Cypress, which is, oh. uh, you know, one of my tent pole fish experiences, eight, eight dudes and one girl in a Winnebago firing <laughs> down, firing <laughs> firing down a snowy highway i was the one that the winnebago was in my name because i was the only one that was over 25 uh so i got to drive first oh well hey driving first is the is the move yes because then you've yes although yeah. although trying to sleep second is also not the move uh, <laughs> when, when you realize that the shocks on this thing like literally <laughs> like there's there's that one bedroom in the back and like the ohio turnpike highways were not very well kept at that point and they're was, still not it was, flip, it was flipping me like an egg every oh my. <laughs> as i went um but we made it down there drove 31 hours straight uh oh my and, God. and camped at a place in naples and then got on to alligator alley pr in pretty good time that morning like not realizing how jammed up it was going to get but we didn't hit like the traffic traffic until we actually got onto big seminole indian reserve whereas uh the same guy that i went to that the first limestone show with he hitchhiked down alligator alley and like got trapped out there and ended up making better time walking than he did uh actually driving so oh my god yeah. dude yeah. speak every person that i talked to that was at big cypress i always yeah. ask the same question did you make it through the the full set or did you stop and take a nap did you tap out what happened no 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 you made i it. mean <laughs> i mean like i've got i've got this queued up well getting get into my favorite fish moment kind of thing but like there's nothing that beats 7 13 in the morning watching that sun come up you've probably seen the pictures it was like the most beautiful sunrise uh and and the guys walking off stage and in the beatles here comes the sun you know cues and like still still yeah um no made it through that entire thing uh you know uh we were there we were there for it uh yeah. now i will tell you i did like what became really interesting is you you know everybody's been to shows and, and hung out with people and, and so on and so forth but when you hit the four hour mark of a show you're looking for a change of scenery and so i just said guys i'm going for a big walk and between four and five i like just i just walked up back sideways found some people you know like didn't even know were there or, or just you know made some friends but i was and then got back to my spot where we were and nobody was there <laughs> we, like, had the same idea. we all came back eventually like it was yeah. kind of cool because we count found a spot about halfway back uh that's gonna tie into another story there it had kind of a mound where like the sound just got a little bit clear the the facility ah, nice. was a little bit clearer so we that was kind of our our meeting point or whatever the hub yeah yeah the hub but like I'll never experiencing anything like that in my life again. And I'd had some experience like in Southeast Asia, been being to a few raves and, you know, it wasn't my first time being up all night. That's for sure. Right. <laughs> but there was a certain energy expelled and um, this sort of lucid quality to like moving in between, like really being into the music and then just kind of experiencing, you know, being there uh, and like never is this happening. Is yeah. This, like, it, are they really actually going to play all night? <laughs> like, is this is this roses are free really entering into like you know a second half of an hour like all this stuff right so it was 
um still absolutely just magical and then so nobody could sleep that morning i remember either for well, yeah, yeah how how do you it's like okay wow. they finished at seven like let's go yeah <laughs> let's I mean, go to sleep yeah it, cert- certainly anybody was i mean maybe some people did it naturally i don't know that many people that did it naturally but uh <laughs> xanax yeah but but most most people most people you know had helped to stay up let's say oh yeah uh, for sure. and, and I certainly was was in that category a couple of times over. So, uh, but when yeah. when we eventually did sleep, we we slept you know as long as we could before we got back on the road, and then I was into the Winnebago. But yeah, yeah. all Alzheimer, and then yeah, and then from there, and it so first hiatus hits, right? Uh, I think I saw, I saw one more show. I've got you know an amazing two thousand Toronto show story. How, hold on, you said first hiatus hits. How is your headspace? Whenever you get that news, are you devastated? Are you like, man, it was fun while it lasted? What's your go back to that where your head was at? I never, ever expected that they would not come back. It didn't that didn't have that feeling at that time. It just felt like, you know, because I was a a scholar of of dead history at that point, it just kind of felt like 74 for the dead where they were just kind of like, and you know we'll be back for 77 that was my mentality that was always my philosophy but what also happened at that time was there is this like like a, a a new jam band scene had opened up right both in the states and in america right so in those in between summers i'm catching mo i'm catching trey band i'm catching you know the new deal was huge up here um there was a, a canadian jam band called the burt nielsen band that were phenomenal oh. Uh, another Canadian jam band, Nero, who I actually became really good friends with. They were fantastic. Uh, there are a bunch of Canadian jam bands, actually. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That really is a couple of East Coast bands, uh, Grand Theft Bus, uh, uh, Fly Jimmy Swift, that became the Jimmy Swift band. Um, and even like bands like The Slip, who uh, like I'd seen at Oswego, but they all sort of filled that gap. And so if you look at my ticket charts there, like it, I didn't stop seeing jam music. I just started seeing more jam music. Like right. it, it, it became everything that I was sort of seeing at that time. Fill in the void. So exactly. Yeah, exactly. So like, yeah. So I even remember like, you know, getting, getting emails from people that were in Hampton when they came back, uh, being at a completely different show and being, you know, just as happy that I was at that show. Right. And when they had, they had come back. And vice versa, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to take it off track. I was just no, I was no. curious of where like your headspace was at. So you were you were gearing up. You were talking about the first hiatus hit, and then yeah, if, and if we and remember. well, the only show that I, that I saw in two thousand was was the Toronto show. Um, again, due to sort of commitments, I was starting teaching and getting ready for teaching at that point. Um, but uh, at that Toronto show, I think I have honestly one of my my best fish stories uh let's hear it and it and it happens it happens uh the weekend before uh so i again the aforementioned beach town grand bend and Mm -hmm. uh and and working my butt off at the fry shack as usual uh and long weekends are just nuts down there just oh i'm sure the the town goes from being eight thousand to twenty four thousand. like it's just like boom it's like it's it's great it's fantastic and uh being part of the staff down there, all the locals are kind of tight, but they always have people coming to visit them for the weekend and crash mm-hmm. because for a long weekend, and there was this girl from Toronto who, you know, at, we kind of hung out all, all weekend and, and partied together. And, um, she's like, if you're ever in Toronto, hit me up. I manage this bar called the mad bar. Um, come see me, you know, I'll set you up. I'm like, well, actually I'm in Toronto next week. 
because uh, the band Fish is coming. She's like, who put you up to that? I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm like, who told you to say that? I'm like, what are you talking about? I am a massive hip. Look at this hair. <laughs> please, please imagine much more hair. Uh, <laughs> she's like, they're coming to my bar for a private event the night before the show. Shut I'm like, the fuck up. what are you talking about? <laughs> now I'm, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> um, and so to this day, uh, her business card is the only thing on my ticket collage uh, that's up on my wall. That's not a legit ticket. And it's right beside that, that show. So they actually went. Oh yeah. So oh. Uh, again, I took my, my good pal who, uh, who we, we did that first lemon wheel show with and we show up at the door and uh, there's a, you know, dude there with a clipboard and I say, okay, Scott King plus one. Don't see you. Try Scotty. <laughs> no. So again, I mentioned just met this person. She's just met me, but I had Name this drop this, I, you know, as we all did back in the, in the early 2000s, hemp necklace oh, yeah. beads. And then, and then a necklace with like words on it that said fry guy, which, you know, at that time in my oh. life had quite the double entendre sure. uh, being both a French fry guy and the dude with hair to his nipples. Uh, <laughs> and so, uh, Absolutely. Uh, he looked up Fry Guy plus one right there. No, like, shit. on. She so, didn't even give you the heads up of like, hey, that's what I'm putting you on here as. Nope. No. <laughs> it could have all it could have all ended right there. Oh it my god. All ended right there. So right. we get in, and clearly it's a mix of fans and industry. Um, a great DJ called the Gratefully Dedicated Sound System was spinning at that point. It was it was cool. Uh, and sure enough, the buses were definitely out back. So uh, we get in there and she says, I find her and I'm like, hey, I got in, tell her the story. She's like, if you see members of the band, I don't know what the hell they look like. You find me, point them out. And I just want to introduce myself as the manager. So I'm like, well, <laughs> that's Paige McConnell over there. She's like, let's go. So I'm like, oh, so away we went. And uh, and I got to talk to Paige and uh, it was just after Cyprus. So, of course, the only thing I wanted to talk to him about was like what that experience was like. And he was very gracious and we were, you know, cognizant to be very you know gracious of his time as well. Sure. Yeah. Um, I had met Fishman actually at a jazz mandolin project show because uh, he was jum drumming for jazz mandolin project there for a while uh -huh. on his birthday in ninety nine. So I'd already gotten the fish Boy Scout badge, if you will. Uh, and then I saw Mike over by a sushi table. And, and this so is I, at the at the bar? This is at okay. the bar. Yeah, so they have like a big sushi spread or whatever. Mm -hmm. And they had just come back from Japan. And so I'm like, yeah, segue. <laughs> I'm a <Yes>. segue guy. <laughs> yes. I'm like, doo -doo 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 -doo. Yeah. so I'm like, you know, hey, you must have eaten a lot of that over there. And Mike wasn't as warm in that situation. Maybe I bugged him because he was just about to eat some sushi and he was hungry. I don't know. Sure. I would find him later and bug him about Destiny Unbound when I'd had a few more drinks. Okay. Like, well, we got to we get into that too. Yeah. We ever playing Destiny Unbound? <laughs> um, it was a very short conversation. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, by the end of the night, um, Trey had spent most of the evening sort of in a more uh, closed off area, not so much mingling. Sure. Uh, his time was much more in demand. Uh, and we saw him being snuck out behind the bar. Uh, at about two o'clock in the morning. And so at that point, my buddy Mike and I were like, you know what? We're done here. We've, we've done all we need to do. Let's, let's move on to the next stop. And so we go up front to hail a cab 
and they may have snuck him out the back door, but he came walking right around front on the sidewalk with a bunch of people getting ready to load into a Suburban and go to his next stop. And Uh so there was Trey, and we were like, hey, how you doing? And so uh, we shook hands and, uh, you know, told him to have a good show. And uh, he was so funny. He was like, do you want me to sign something? And we're like, he said that? Yeah. It's like, do you want me to sign something? We're like, uh, no, that's okay. We're, we're good. Okay. And they walked away a few more steps. He's like, you sure you don't want me to sign something? Like, like just goofing with you. Goof, yeah. Goofy as goofy yeah. could be. Uh, and we're like, no, man, just go ahead, have a good show. And then he got into the suburban, clunk, 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 off they went. Uh, and my lasting memory that's was just funny. how soft his hands were. He had like the most like lotiony, soft hands of a human being at that the point. money I maker, guess. man. Yeah, I know. I guess, I guess lotion, <laughs> like, you got to take care of those bad boys. So that yeah, in, funny. in that night I got, I got the three members that I hadn't yet, uh, pressed uh, flesh with so that was good wow. yeah this, I, this may be another first you've met or at least on this show yeah you've met every single member of the band yeah and i mean that's met. pretty cool i mean Paige was the only one i actually had a conversation with like fishman sure. it was literally like his birthday he came back out shook hands with us to stick around to wish him a happy birthday but still yeah yeah and and that kind of access i I mean, actually, it kind of feels like it happens a little more now on the trade side of things, but like, because they used to, they used to be notorious for like cutting people's heads off in pictures yeah. and pictures and all that kind of stuff. But that night and that chance, you know, incident was just you know gives you one more connection, Perfect. one more reason to to come back and uh, and a great story to tell. Yeah, no, and I always wonder, you know, because <clears throat> the band, and it, it, it might be the actual members, or it might be someone that's running their social media or whoever, but they have their finger on the pulse of, you know, I'm not saying this podcast specifically, but they, they know what's being said on the internet. They're not completely oblivious to it. So I've always wondered if like, whenever people are sharing these stories, like, you know, if I were to clip that where you were telling that story yeah, and you know, if they were to just be scrolling or somebody were to see it and pass along to Trey or whoever, if, if they'd be like, Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I I would guess it, at that point of their career and that time in life, you know, they were still in the happy years. But that mm-hmm. late at night may not have have a, a memory. But if I ever do get the opportunity to be in the same room again, uh, I will mention. You know, this isn't this isn't our first meeting. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah. And how much would you shit yourself if Paige is like, oh yeah, no, Scotty, right? <laughs> <laughs> Quite a bit. Yeah. Quite quite a bit. Quite a bit. No, never going to happen. Just, just so happy to share, share this. Oh, dude, that's, that's amazing. And I love hearing these stories because it's like, I get to live it through you. You know, that's such a cool story. Like how many people can, I'm sure there's a handful, but like how many people can say that, you know, yeah, that the entire band, you know, and I'm glad, I'm really glad I had one very trustworthy individual with me that night too. Like my buddy, Mike, who like, we've done all these shows. We were in Toronto together just recently. Like he could tell the exact same story in the exact same way. So it's, it's always nice to have, you know, backup. Yeah. It wasn't just a dark alley. It's like, Oh, there was Trey. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Cause this is before, you know, like you can do like the selfie thing. It's like, Hey, exactly. (laughs) Oh yeah. Way before like no, no cameras, no cameras. I think I may have had like a flip, antenna motorola phone at that point but that was about it and that whole story wouldn't have dude and this is the shit that like where my mind goes on a tangent yeah or like on a little other path none of it would have happened without fry guy exactly that necklace man yeah yeah and that's 
and that little town that little town of grand bend has brought me you know more connections and more more crazy stories than you can possibly imagine and the fact that it folded into my fish universe there yeah too because there it was always me leaving that town to go to the fish universe you know that that's where the the streams kind of collided i love that dude what yeah, a cool story. That may be my favorite story that I've heard on here so far. Oh, stop. That's <laughs> you're just saying that because I'm the international guest and you're trying to butter me up. It's like I'm gonna out Canadian the Canadian by being super nice to him right now. Super nice, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so after um, I'm having a hard time speaking of the segues and transitions, yeah. I'm having a hard time transitioning after that yeah, story we kind because of it's so good. So, yeah, well, it was um, so from there, we're in 2003, 2003, caught the winter run. Um, Got caught two nights in Cincinnati. Those were great shows. Uh, got cancer or got diagnosed with cancer. You did? Yeah. The day oh. after, the Monday after that Cincinnati weekend, I got home to find out that this cyst that they had removed, they had misdiagnosed, and it was actually a lymph, uh, a lymph node that had uh, gone cystic, and uh, I had thyroid cancer that had traveled into my uh, into my into my neck. So I had thyroid what cancer, the and then uh, and then into my lymph nodes. So so I come off that high of the Cincinnati show, being like, those were fantastic shows. You know, really in a fantastically happy place in my life. I just met this girl named Diane, who's now my wife, uh, and like we've been dating six weeks. Uh, she couldn't get the time off university to come to the shows, um, but we did those shows. And then I got back and I got that diagnosis. And by that May, I was having uh, my thyroid removed and those lymph nodes removed. Uh, I went through my, I didn't have to do chemo, but I did have to do a specialized radiation treatment uh, that they do just for thyroid cancer uh -huh. where they radiate iodine and they get you to like go starve your body of as much iodine as you possibly can. Uh, because the thyroid is one of the only things in the body that absorbs iodine. And so, uh, so once they remove the thyroid, any stuff that's left, including thyroid cancer will gravitate toward that iodine. They radiate it Shit. and maybe the least scientific thing I've ever seen in my life. They like take you to this room where like everybody else is wearing radiation suits, except for you. And you lean into this lead chamber and all there is, is this like bendy straw <laughs> with it, with a test tube. And you just go. And you drink it and it just goes all throughout your whole body. You're uh -huh. literally radioactive at that point. Holy uh, shit. They, then they took me to another part of the hospital that was like closed off. And you know, those giant styrofoam water cups, like the really, mm -hmm. really big, almost cooler size. You yeah. just keep drinking those and drinking those and peeing and peeing and peeing until your Geiger counter count <laughs> is low enough for you to enter back into the public. And then even then you have to isolate for the next five days because everything that comes out of your body sweat and otherwise is radioactive uh and so i had to do two of those treatments but in between those treatments i went to it <laughs> no shit <laughs> yeah so wow um because i i needed that at that point in my life and yeah, i was, fuck I yeah, was you did. pretty addicted to fish festivals at that point uh sure and so i wasn't missing another trip to limestone because that was just too pivotal for me uh, and I was pretty healthy at that point otherwise. And uh, again, that that girl stuck around and canceled her trip to Australia for the summer to stay home and take care of me. And uh, that pretty much sealed the deal there. And Sure. Yeah. And so was she was was your wife whenever you met her? Was she mm -hmm. already a fish fan or was she, did you did you kind of introduce her to that? So flip 
one of the first things you do when you meet a girl back in those days is you flip through their CD binder. They're, they're... <laughs> what am I getting into here? Yeah. Ace okay. of base. Strike, strike, strike one for Enya. Oh, there's a there's a Ben Harper CD. I can live with that. And then and then there was Farmhouse. So I'm like, a little bit of hope here. Okay. Plus, she was digging on some of that Canadian jam band stuff that I was into too. Um, and so while she's not like, like a serious head, like I am, and certainly not like a music obsessive mm -hmm. as, as I am, cause I am totally music obsessive. Um, you know, it, it, she came to, she came to it. She's, she, she's been to a few festivals now. I think her, her show counts only at about 11, but, uh, but she, you know, every once in a while she, she gets on the bus and, and isn't totally out of place there. That's for sure. Has a good time. And then of course it was like incredible. Uh, like it was, yeah, that was, that was another just, you know, game changing moment, uh, yeah. three fish often overlooked, but I think, I think people have at least most people have checked out this, although I'm always surprised to talk to people that winter tour and, and some of that summer stuff get is a complete blind spot for a lot of people. It really is. And I was going to say this earlier, but I, we I went in a different way. Oh, three is underrated. And yeah. so is, or at least in my world that I've experienced so far with talking to people, mm -hmm. 99 is a super underrated year too. Yeah, There's a yeah. lot of really solid stuff in 99 and Trey's tone in 99 is yeah. not to nerd out too much, but it's, yeah. there's a special, Oh yeah. I'm just going to call it special sauce. Cause I don't know what all everything's called. I know he's got yeah. tube screamers. I know he's got stuff like that, but I don't know what it is, but it's, special they and all had the money to dial into better gear at that point i think like i think mm -hmm. that's where financially you, you see him being able to like you know i don't think he, he was on the mess of boogie yet at that point but anyway like you know they're finding the rare amps they're finding that that kind of stuff i love 99 because that that is statistically my most seen year that's where you really uh, got all rolling yeah but like uh people are, are always trying to make you know oh 97 98 is kind of like 73 74 and i think People oh, making the tie in, making the, the tie in dead tie in that way. And I guess there's some merit to that, except for the fact that like dead didn't really play in 75 and very little in 76. Right. So, uh, yeah, 99 gets overlooked, but you're right. 99, 03, they're, they're blind spots. Um, yeah. Some would argue, oh, four is a blind spot too, but there's the, the mind's been stripped at that point. And, uh, yeah. that's a very good way to put it. Yeah. 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 So anyway, yeah. so yeah, I did do Coventry. Um, and, uh, and, and had that experience as well. And then I really thought that was, now you want to talk about when I thought it was it, then I was, I was pretty sure. And in the years that would follow it, like, I, I just, yeah, I didn't have, I wasn't hold on to that much hope. If you ever, did you ever see a 70 volt parade show when Trey oh, had, so Trey's yeah. band, he gets away from tab and he has another band called 70 volt parade. Uh, dead ass this is the first time i'm hearing of this oh, yeah. call me a noob whatever oh, for oh, everybody oh, listening oh, but i've never heard of this you know why because it was terrible <laughs> it was it was it, and and uh, okay that's mean i'm gonna i'm gonna roll that back <laughs> it's 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 easily the worst trade show i was ever at and um, hold on it's called 75 volt 70 volt parade 70 volt parade okay yeah. sounds like an emo band yeah yeah well and he had cobbled it with the same people that he had recorded um uh the album shine with mm -hmm. um and it was a lot of like uh like studio guys and and otherwise but i think like he even like 
switched drummers halfway through that tour. Uh, there was nobody from Trey Band and obviously nobody from Fish anywhere near it. Um, and at that, and yeah, it just, it just didn't gel. It just didn't have any vibe. And um, yeah, it was not strong. So, but like I said, two things kind of like buoy me at that point. One, there's still amazing jam music going on from other bands sure uh and lots of other festivals and that kind of stuff to to head and and, and see and uh and tour around and then canada's indie music scene at that point is exploding so i'm seeing broken social scene i'm seeing arcade fire i'm seeing like all these guys in their proto forms like really early sure. versions you know the stills all this kind of stuff like um and so I was seeing as much, if not more live music, but just a different variety. And I really thought at that point, you know, I've crested into my thirties. I've got a serious girlfriend. I bought a house. I'm like, okay, my fish, this is great. I'm still always going to love fish. I'm always going to listen to fish, but I'm moved in, I'm moving in onto a different phase and it You're just made sense. Prioritizing it. Yeah, correct. Correct. <laughs> and so when they do start to come back, like, you know, Mike played those, Mike and Trey played those shows with Benavito Russo duo. Mm -hmm. um so i caught that the grab tour show and that was good but not great it kind of solidified yeah you're right in my, uh, things this is done, done. Yeah. um uh they come back in 09 I, I saw one show at darien it was okay uh but the moment i got back on the bus was pine knob 2011 uh, Dude, and we were talking before we uh started recording about mm -hmm attendance bias yeah i was at that show and that was the show that i talked about on attendance bias oh, i listened to that show i listened Dude. to that one because, <laughs> that because was me. Yeah, yeah, okay yeah okay okay uh, yeah okay yeah go ahead go ahead so i took i took uh, a dude that had never been to a fish show to that show um and because he was kind of interested and he had been getting into some of the stuff that i've been getting into he was a, bit, a little younger than i was like about 10 years younger he'd sort of missed everything so um yeah we we ended up going to that show and by the time we got to the end of that show, it just even the end of that disease, like, but you remember the energy in that barn too, was just like, Insane. it felt back. It felt like good. And like, he's like, are they all like this? I'm like, yes, kind of, <laughs> that was pretty good. You know, yeah. I was, I was having a hard time sort of quantifying, but like it, all around me, people were just like, wow, what a show. And I, I think to this day that that stands up as one of the best of, of 11 and even of early 3.0. Yeah. It's definitely in the conversation. Yeah. For sure. Top yeah. five. Yeah. Um, and it was funny because did you say that your buddy that you took, that was his first show? Correct. Yeah. I took a buddy with me and it was his first show. Uh -huh. so, so like we and he was been he's been on the podcast before and we grew up and, you know, like listening to music, listening to Almond Brothers, playing music mm -hmm. together and stuff and all shared a lot of like core artists. And <clears throat> when I started getting into fish. I kept being like, man, check this out. And he's like, uh, I don't, I don't have time right now. Like I can't do it. I'm just like, listen to fish, listen to fish. And so he mm -hmm. finally starts listening to it a little bit. And he's like, okay, okay. He's like, I get it. I get it. He fucking yeah. get hooked. Yeah. We're, me and my other buddies were like, Hey, we're going to, cause I think that run we did pine knob, we did blossom, we did Alpine. Like we were going on a stretch Yeah. And we we're like, dude, come on, man, let's go. Let's yeah. go and got him to do it. And he was like, after that show, I was like, dude, you just saw something fucking special for your first show. I was like, yeah. this is fucking cool. You know, what was even funnier was, and this is totally like getting to live through somebody else's eyes. else's Watching him come back and try to explain to a certain group of friends in the same way that I've been trying to do for almost a full decade up to that point with the same sort of 
zeal and enthusiasm he's like no no he was right like you guys and they're like you're in a cult you're you're in a cult now and we're sorry for you it's like no you don't understand yeah so over the years we've been able to pull people from from that that group of friends slowly but surely to a show here and there uh but "Ah." but 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 he's he stayed on the train and we were actually in pine knob again for that hellacious storm that we just all endured this summer, Man. but uh, yeah, taking us back to the scene of the crime. And we um, talked about that on, we were both, that's how we met. Actually. I don't know if I mentioned that whenever we started this, it's how we met was on um, the helping friendly podcast. Yeah. Um, and we were both at Pine Knob this year, 2022. And it was, I was going to say a shit show, but it was a, it was a rain show for yeah. sure. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we got some nuggets though. The first, the first, first hour of the storm was, uh, was nothing to sneeze at. It was a good old fashioned, it's way too hot. What's that giant black cloud coming toward us? Everybody <laughs> yeah. duck kind of experience that we've all had. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and yeah, like I said, on, on the HF pod, like, you know, an embrace the suck moment where everybody kind of gets into it by just ignoring it and yeah i you know i've gone back and i've i've, I've listened to that show again uh mm-hmm. there's certainly other other shows this summer i'm probably going to listen to more or sections more sure but for what we managed to pull together that night a way better than a cancellation because yes. uh <laughs> as i think i mentioned also on the hf pod i have an incredible like fish has not canceled <laughs> a lot of shows and i've been to most of them oh, <laughs> having, having yeah. been having been to both curveball and and toronto uh, 13 but mm. there's no worse feeling than than knowing that you've been in the parking lot and you're not going to see a fish show and, yeah. and how to how to pivot from that experience because you know some people don't deal with that kind of stuff very well sure. <laughs> i was especially if you've been pre-gaming hard hard in the lot at that point mm-hmm. uh, like like <laughs> <laughs> Toronto show. I just remember seeing one of my friends who thought he had timed timed things well as as, uh-huh. as a little fish lingo. Yeah. And then was just sort of wa- wandering about the city of Toronto. Timing timing <laughs> things well. <laughs> like my jaw hurts. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Oh for man. Sure. But, but yeah, yeah, no, it was I, I went back and listened to and for what for the hand that we were dealt, mm-hmm. I'll I'll take that yep. any day of the week. Yeah. And so now I, so, you know, full-time teacher, married, couple of kids. Uh, I try to see a show or two a year. Mm. That's, that's where I am at. Um, I'm still, uh, the only two festivals I've missed since my first, uh, I couldn't do Indio. I couldn't go out to California. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I could not, uh, make it to, um, the first Watkins, uh, Super Bowl. Gotcha. Uh, I missed that one just, uh, for prior commitments to a wedding, but, um, you know, I am, I'm resolute. Uh, you know, I festival fish is still like some of my favorite fish and just, you know, going to, to Magna ball and like, you know, uh, you know, you sent me some, some free questions or whatever. And, uh-huh. you know, let's, let's segue again into, into sort of favorite jams and that kind of stuff. But like, <laughs> How doing thrilled, all the work for me. How, I love it. How, how thrilled was I to see that the new uh, Live Fish 3 was going to be the tweezer pants from Magnaball, right? <laughs> like, like, just absolutely, like, I'm like, oh, my God, that that's, I couldn't, couldn't have picked a, picked a better one. Because of the modern era, or, or we'll say 3.0 if we want to get into categorization. Sure. Um, that moment, that weekend, uh, is 
ranks right up there with like my big Cypress experience as far as oh, like really emotion and 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 all that kind of stuff because that festival was perfect like it was perfect weather it was uh like i i looked around and i just felt like we were all such pros at what we were doing like you know those early days of festivaling like some guy would have like an old mexican beach blanket like as a sun shield and like you know your water bottle was like a like a milk jug that you'd you'd converted to to bring in and now yeah, everybody's got like, you know, Terra packs and like we 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 built this like double tent with like, you know, we were we were cooking gourmet Set meals. Up. It was it was my buddy's stag. So he had organized that his stag party was happening at Magnaball, which was like your buddy's pure... stag? Uh yeah. So like his uh bachelor party. Oh, Sorry. gotcha, cool. Yeah, his bachelor party was was Magnaball. Wow, uh, dude, that's with, perfect. And a lot of his 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 good close friends are our fish guys. So we all like even better. Big reunion time, did the Magna Ball up, did it up like pro, had beautiful weather, beautiful experiences. And then on top of it all, just some top notch playing to finish off, you know, one of the best summers that fish has played in the modern era. Dude, uh, I was so sad. All my friends went, they got an RV, went mm-hmm. to Magna Ball. Yeah. I was like, and I stayed behind because at that point, <clears throat> still in college and I'm like broke basically i'm like i can't justify you know right rv or like a plane ticket i can't i can't afford it and then watching as the set lists roll in i'm like god damn it but that's Um, part of the fish experience too right like yeah i was thinking going to blossom this summer i had had like i was too dude it's right down the road i was it was right there it was right down the road but like I knew that I was going to be doing Toronto and I knew I was going to be doing pine knob and to tack that extra one on and in a summer, like, but you get those feelings. I should be there. And then the set was full and he just went, never miss a blossom show. I know why (laughs) I love that barn, but yeah. uh, yeah. So yeah, that's, that's, that's all part of the the, the highs and lows of being a fish man, my friend. It is. You You have to have the lows. I mean, there are some people that are there for every, thing it feels like you look online you're like yeah how the hell are you actually there for every single amazing show what have i done wrong in my life but then again maybe i'm doing my life right and and they're just you know they're only getting good fish shows so yeah (laughs) who knows (laughs) but i often wonder that too like um uh, you're on fish twitter yeah um i i see like there and there's like these core I don't know for the lack of a better term, we'll call them fish Twitter famous people. There's like a core little group of people that are everyone knows. Yep. And they're like at every every show. Yeah. Not just fish, but like every Umphrey show, every fish show, every 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 show. And I'm like, yeah, I want to like direct message and be like, what what do you do for work? Like, can you are you guys hiring? Like what (laughs) I know, I know. How do you, you have all this money and all this freedom? Were you part of a big tech company at some point? Like that's always my theory. Whenever I don't know how people got to where they are, I'm like, it was it was some sort of big tech thing that I just yeah. I just never never got in on. But, Investing uh, Bitcoin? What are you Dogecoin? What are you doing? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, and so you you were mentioning Magnaball, yeah, and mentioning the uh, the tweezer pants, yeah. Um, yes. So that's one of your favorite jams of all time. What what are some other ones that just pop in your head off the bat? Um, well, here's here's a recency bias bias for you, but uh, like the Went Gin, like you know, I did my did Thank did, you. did my annual spin of the Went Gin yesterday. Uh, as after I needed I needed to come down. Um, 
we uh, we went to a Jays game yesterday in Toronto uh, cool. at the, at the Rogers Center. It's my my son's first first Jays game. We were pretty stoked. Uh, cool. Okay, okay. I'm gonna segue again because this is. I, yeah, love your, I love your podcast because it's tangent fest, and I'm a yeah. tangent fest kind of guy. But this is this is a this is a we are everywhere moment. So like, Let's hear it. my my I had one J shirt. It's I like the powder blue J stuff. I don't know why, but I like that vintage look. Uh-huh. And uh, we realized that we had used a dryer this summer that wasn't our dryer, and uh, it was now a crop top. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I don't have a J shirt anymore because I'm not exposing you know the better people of Toronto to the Uniboob down here. It's it's uh, <laughs> the Uniboob. Not not what they need to see. Right. Um, so I'm like, but I do kind of want to rock my powder blue. And so I've got I've got a powder blue Grateful Dead shirt uh, that I threw on. I'm like, this is great. You know, I get to I, I'll wear my Jays hat and I'll I'll get out there and, and do that virtue signaling that we all do as, yeah. as fans. It's like and like I literally like um, was coming back from the bathroom with one of the kids and, you know, doing the, the aisle walk. And the guy right beside me, I walked by and he, I think it was the first time he kind of got a look at my shirt. And about a minute later, kind of leans over. He's like, hey. I was like, do you like the dead? I'm like, oh yeah. Do you like the dead? He's like, oh yeah. He's like, did you see Jerry? I'm like, no, I didn't. He's like, I did. And like from there, it was just like boom, boom, boom. Within a half an hour, he's got my number. I've given him a, a mix of fall 21 that I've done on live fish because he's like, I'm just sort of starting to get back into the fish thing because he kind of dropped, like he sort of let it go and didn't come back for 4.0 or whatever. He just gotcha. Different priorities, different life things. And so I'm sending him a playlist. Uh, you know, we're talking about stuff and like my wife at one point, she's like, you know, you're here to see a Jays game. You know, the old, the, the old stop talking about, you know, this isn't your podcast that you go on, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> like, but I, I just thought it was so great. Cause I'm like, I'm literally doing a podcast tomorrow called we are everywhere. And he's yeah. a teacher too. So here's a teacher who's a fish and dead fan sitting beside me at the Jays game. We are everywhere perfect dude and it, it yeah. is we are everywhere i have yeah. a funny story like that too i was um this was um last month <clears throat> uh my girlfriend and i went to a chris stapleton concert oh yeah and so before we got we got to the because it was at a casino here in michigan and we got to town about an hour and a half early we're like okay let's go to a bar and you know get a drink and get something to eat and we're in this bar and this dude is wearing a steal your face with the state of Michigan inside of it. Okay. Yeah. And I was like, oh, cool. And so I like wasn't bother like trying super hard, but every time that like he would kind of look in our direction, I would try to like yeah. make eye contact, you know, never did. And then as we were leaving, he was out on the patio, like smoking a cigarette or something. And we're walking by. And I was like, hey, man, I was like, come here. And he was like, me? I was like, yeah, come here. Cause I've got the bolt tattooed on my oh, nice, little nice, finger. Yeah, little there you go. There to you Jerry. Go. And yeah. he came over and I like just stuck my finger out and I was like, it's like, I like your shirt, man. And he's like, thanks. And I was like, you like the dead? Yeah. And he was like, oh no, man. He's like, I just, my buddy gave me this shirt. He's like, I thought it looked cool. And I was like, <laughs> have a good day, man. <laughs> there's, there's, well, and you know, talk about that. Like, so when the, the Jerry bear like must have hit its 50 year copyright license or whatever and it was just everywhere like students started showing up at school about two years ago with dead hoodies and i'd just be like you can get them in old navy yeah (laughs) yeah and so now i'm just like this is gonna get a lot tougher no more like nice shirt man like you really gotta go for the heavy sort of you know like name three songs yeah or or like a lot shirt just to make sure that somebody's you know official in the fold like saying or something yeah Exactly. But yeah. anyway, we were, we were saying went gin. So went yes. gin, 
went in. I, uh, I, I again spun that again yesterday, and like the the sheer intensity, your pound for pound, what you're getting second for second in that jam is just as as pure undis like it's just pure fish like it's just pure it's just so so rock steady and for years a that was my favorite tape like that tape that set worn thin busted you know busted tape so good like so good um and but also just like it's really interesting because what defines a great jam then is always different than what defines a great jam now. But if you ever just wanted to get somebody into like pure, this is an easy access. If you like this, then I think you're on the right track. The went gin is right there. Right? I love that answer. Yeah. Um, subsequently, the Riverport gin is also another no, another one of my like, I can't ever get enough of that jam. That uh, has and, to be on the list. And respun that recently. Um when my buddy and I were talking, I don't know, we were talking about 98 and we were going back and forth and talking about 88 and 811 and, and all that kind of stuff. And then um, the Riverport was like the like uh, an old school add on to one of the live fish ones. So I'm like, there's mm-hmm. soundboard of that. And I'm, I, I'm like, have I ever actually sought out the soundboard of that or did I just always have the old odds? Right. So I went back and, and of course, my stereo setup is way better than it used to be. And it was like a revelation again. I'm like, I knew it was good. But then I was just like, if you ever wanted to describe somebody perfectly what made 98, what 98 was, just point them straight at the Riverport gym. Right. Man, that is it's it, and hearing you like I'm excited to listen to that today because it's been like you there's all these there's all these like iconic jams right yes. that like yeah. if you're in the fold like you can mm-hmm. rattle them off and it's like yes 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 yeah but if they're not in your steady rotation like i couldn't tell you the last time i listened to the riverport gin right but i can like hear it yeah my, oh. like, i'm like oh i want i i need to listen to that now <laughs> go back and 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 i don't know whether you're a live fish guy or not but get get yeah. the get the soundboard right it's it's there uh, yeah, it's there for you to, to access. Um, yeah, and and you're right. And I, I thought about this when when I saw the question on the call sheet because there's, I'm definitely at a point right now where you know I'll listen to all the new stuff I can. Uh, I'll I'll call back, maybe go back to you know shows from past before. But then there's always the memorial dates, right? So it's like let's check our calendar. Uh, oh, today is uh, you know February 28th. I wonder what I'll be listening to today, right? Yeah. But, yeah. you know there's the tweezer and you, the, or or like you know sp- you know the sp- the spring run or or whatever right like spring like all the, we have these like moments but riverport gin doesn't have its own sort of holiday date it's it's right. not a, a, whereas went gin does like I, yep. I i listen to the went gin quite a bit because that's a that's a big day otherwise uh so i always i always try to pump the tires on that one a little bit too as uh as another one that people should go back to and, and give a little bit of love to absolutely yeah. and it's um with the um you mentioned like looking at the calendar and like Mm -hmm. revisiting history do you follow um there's an instagram page called fishery no um not that one i might be misquoting it but it's something like they spell it history with a p in front of it like fishery on this day on this day in fishery is what it's called and they'll uh i always love seeing their stuff pop up because it'll yeah. be like there's, oh, there's, great there's something i follow there's something i follow on t- twitter that kicks stuff at me every once in a while mm-hmm. um but uh yeah no most of it's just from being you know the nerd that i am and, and, <laughs> and like and, and it's kind of a history thing too i gotta admit being a history teacher mm-hmm. um it, it, 
I, I always tell the kids dates aren't important and they're not necessarily. I mean, you should, you should, you should know the dates, but that's not really what we're here to talk about history about. Right. Right. Um, but by the same token, um, like being able to find your way back to that, that perfect jam or recommend that perfect jam, uh, you tend to get a few dates lodged in your brain. That's for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I'm curious. Um, yep. I always, it's, it's a well-known thing that every story every good story at least, mm -hmm. has to have some conflict. There has to be conflict in every story. True, It's true. So one of the questions I like to ask after we love on the band for an mm -hmm. hour mm -hmm. is what song would you be okay with never hearing again? It's a nice way of saying what song do you not like? Yeah. <laughs> so I remember this moment from Toronto in 19. I've never prayed for a song to not be played so hard in my life <laughs> because the Raptors had won the NBA championship. And so I'm like, they're going to play the line. They're going to play. I just know for like, they're going to try to tribute it somehow. And we're going to get the line. <laughs> they didn't, <laughs> I, but, but yeah, I could, I could go without ever seeing the line. Mm -hmm. uh, I just, from a songwriting perspective, from a, it just doesn't bring me a whole lot of joy in any way, shape or form. Um, I'm a pretty, pretty positive guy when it comes to most fish stuff. Uh, although uh, I said this uh, on the attendance bias podcast, when I was on dog sold things has never lit me up inside either. Um, even though it's rare and people yeah. get excited when it does come around um, a straight sort of junk, junk, blues romper never really kind of caught fire with me and it's but it's a silly song it's a fish song you know it 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 you know it's not a poorly written song in any way shape or form uh, but it's but, it's yeah. it, you could hear you could hear any band play that song yeah. and be like that's pretty much what it would sound like if so it's more of a nostalgia pick for a lot of people but musically right. it, it doesn't really light me on fire there was one point in time where i had a serious uh Overexposure to Gaiuti, uh, and I would have I would have told you that I never wanted to hear Gaiuti again as long as I lived. Uh, and now I think I'd be really excited because it's been forever. I couldn't tell you. Yeah, I need um, Brian Brickman on here to give me the official. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like, it was pulled up. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's funny because I had kind of like the same. Well, not the same because I wasn't overexposed to it. I was just on first take, kind of like what I was saying with the game hinge stuff earlier. Yeah. Um, I was like, mm, I'm okay with this one. But my yeah. buddy, the same buddy I was telling you that I took him to his first show at Pine Knob in mm -hmm. 2011. Yeah. He was a big Gaiuti guy. And he was like, dude, you got it. Like, this is yeah. like, you want to talk fish. Like, this is fish. And like, slowly I've been like, yeah, no, you're, you're right. Like, I'm on the Gaiuti train now. Like, yeah. This and it's funny because I got story in the ghost on vinyl and oh, cool. you know, when I got to Gaiuti and actually kind of heard it in great fidelity and like broke it down compositionally, I'm like, no, this is a, this is a killer song. <laughs> I just got really sick of like being 99 there. Right. Uh -huh. from but it's kind of like, I'm out of here. <laughs> right? I'll come back for the really sort of. I'll go pee. I'll go pee in between. But uh, yeah, Gaiuti, Gaiuti was kind of that one. And then Caspian. I have an interesting relationship with Caspian because I'm kind of a fucker pants magnet. 
Like I've seen a lot. Of, and there was a while there where I was just like, you're at a show. You're going to get, you're going to get a Caspian. <laughs> and then again, talking about getting turned around on a song and having it take a special meaning in your life. So first I get the, I get the, you know, tweezer Caspian at Magnaball, which again is just sheer motion and brilliance and like takes me to a place in time where like i i talk when we were talking before about the uh the bump that we found when we were at cyprus mm-hmm. i found another bump at magnaball <laughs> and i found it right at that time my my buddy and i kind of were like we didn't like our sight lines we didn't like where we were we we're seeking a new spot and there was like this little hill and all of a sudden like the sound cleared up the sight lines cleared up we found again like we'd found this magical little bump in the middle of nowhere sure uh to experience that from but then i was also in pittsburgh in 17 and they played a 15 minute caspian to close out the first set and it was awesome it Mm. was it you know and that whole lost early tour of 17 um you know pre-baker's dozen um i saw uh both the dayton and the the pittsburgh shows and like that whole warm-up for what the baker's dozen would be you know, I think fish scholars are going to look back on that at a certain point and say, you know, this is this is where the Baker's Dozen was actually born, right? Like where they started like playing with extended stuff out. And that Caspian was awesome, too. So now I'm both like, we're going to get Caspian, which we didn't either in Toronto or Pine. This <laughs> is broken. Not current, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but also, you know, I, I've reevaluated what Caspian's role in my life is. It, yeah. It's no longer derided. It is celebrated. There you go. And I had that same kind of revelation with, and I've talked about this before, um, with Joy, um, mm-hmm. because I always chalked up Joy to be one of those songs where it's like, oh, God damn it. Especially mm-hmm. if like you ripcord into it, you know, yep. and uh, go take a piss, get a beer, whatever. Um, but then once I realized, you know, like what the song is like about and what it's a tribute to, and it's like, man, yep. like this, this is special and if at any point he wants to play that and they want to go into that to you know remember his sister like yeah who am i to be like you ruined my show man like so now whenever i hear joy i'm like hey man i'm here with you you know yeah and and it's super applicable too to like it's not just i i like i know the origin story behind it but like when i became a dad as well um like just the sentiment and and the the well wishes that you have for the people that you sort of love and bring into your life um some of the the new fish really resonates with you as you get older and sort of apply it to your own life joy is one of those songs that i it's power it's powerfully emotional for me um it may not fit where you want in the second set necessarily sure yeah find the right time or place for it it it, it's great that way i think we're a bit of a re-examination of the whole joy period of fish to be honest like after the 20 uh, 20 years later from toronto um that song again is uh my buddy one of my buddies that was there with he's like he's on a tear with that right now he's like i forgot about this song and like something about the way the lyrics hit that night and you know uh I think most of us, many of us are at least 20 years into our fish journey at this point uh, and thinking about what that kind of means and being still yeah. down. And uh, yeah, that it's, it, there's still some good there. There's still some good there. There is. Yeah. And and I joke all the time, like, you know, because I've said many times, like I'm my favorite type of fish is like the dark fish, you know, like mm-hmm. I want the evil, you know, creamy me, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, me too. Um, and we're kind of in this era right now. And I don't mean like 3.0 or 4.0, but like kind of 
<laughs> we're, we're in this era of like love and light, you know, with the singing, the lyrics yep. per se. Um, and if that keeps the band happy, keep writing about puppy dogs and love and sugar plums. I don't, I don't care, but every yeah. once in a while, whenever you get, whenever you go type two, just let's, let's see what's under the rug a little bit, which they've done a really good job of doing. So yes, yes. no complaints on my end. I do love the evil fish as well and, yeah. and, 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 and crave it. And, uh, and I think it, it, it offsets a lot of the love and light stuff as well too. Yeah. Right. Like yin yang, man. Um, yeah. Even like, you know, when like the soul planet the other night, um, like now the expectation is almost that it's going to be the opposite to, to the happiness there. When Trey hits that first sort of crank, 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 crank is like, yes, yeah. make it like, let's do go something, do something nasty. Uh, <laughs> like it's, it's been really fascinating this whole effects era that we're in right now and how that's, that's changed a lot of people. Uh, you know, there, I, I got a quote, I got to share the, the guitar player it. in, in my band. Um, but you're totally, in a band. Yeah, yeah. Well, What's the name I'm, tra- of your band? I'm I'm transitioning right now. We're here. We're uh, the the band, the former band, uh, band I played in the last nine years is a band called Kevin Green and the Awesome Sauce. Uh, oh. I was I was a member of the Awesome Sauce, but we we were we were the backup band for a singer songwriter named Kevin Green, who's been I've been playing music with for twenty years. What What do you play? Uh, in that outfit, I played drums. Uh, okay. Although I I would tell myself as a multi instrumentalist. Uh, my first very nice. My first uh, love was piano, and then uh, I got kind of bored with classical piano and, and switched as a teenager to the thing that would piss everyone off the most, which was drums. <laughs> I became a drummer, wanted to learn how to play guitar, but the guitar player in my band at that time wouldn't teach me. He's like, no, you're the drummer. So I taught myself how to play guitar. It's so I, I could like, I could like, you know, really pick up girls at bonfires, let's be <laughs> honest. But then... But then I started doing like solo acoustic gigs around town and really got into like looping and really liked like what Keller Williams was doing back in those days and and really got into that kind of stuff. And then with Kevin Green, his songs, I've been in three different bands with him uh, and some of those songs have carried through and I've literally gone, I've been a bass player in one of those bands. I was and now the drummer in the awesome sauce, but so you play it all. I Jack of all trades, master of none, but (laughs) I, 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 I do, I do enjoy being able to pick up almost anything. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I suffered a concussion, unfortunately, in February Uh-oh. of this year uh, when I was well, skiing. I was skiing with one of my kids, and uh, he was learning a new trick in the terrain park. Um, uh, and I had kind of skied down an area uh, that had a lot of snowboard jumps and stuff in it to try to get ahead of him to like film him doing this new trick. And I skied it a hundred times before I was way more worried about where he was on the hill and setting up the shot and lost track. And I caught air when I didn't expect to catch air. And I landed like my glove hard on my face this way. Like I was wearing a helmet, but still, um, and it's really, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a tough go to be perfectly honest. I, I say to people right now, I'm about 75%. Um, no shit. Yeah. Uh, I will be going back to full-time teaching the fall, but I, I didn't teach from February on. Uh, I couldn't, uh, cause my big triggers are fluorescent lighting, uh, sound, uh, all that kind of stuff. Um, oh, but, um, anyway, I tried drumming, uh, about three weeks ago. I'm not, I'm not there, not yet. there yet. It's too, um, the snare especially gets, gets right to me quickly. And it, it's not just hitting the snare and hearing the noise come back. There's actual, like with drumming, there's, there's a certain vibration that comes through your whole body. And I feel like it just gets right into the spot that I can't be in right now. But if you look at my pictures from fish tour this summer, 
I'm in sunglasses. Uh, I got earplugs in, Pl- yeah. uh, uh, which is kind of smart anyway these days because I yeah. was worried about losing my hearing a few years ago uh, as being a drummer for as long as I have been. Um, but anyway, uh, so I've switched over to keys uh, and I'm after, yeah. uh, some of the members of the Awesome Sauce and a couple other guys, uh, we're, uh, we're putting together a new a new outfit. We're, we're just in the in the the salient sage tonight uh we don't have a name yet i joked that we should call the band wish list because everybody's just bringing like their their three favorite songs that they've always wanted to play with a band but never got to play before so <laughs> tonight, cool. we're, tonight we're taking a crack at sand which is oh, uh which uh fun, i'm excited about yeah uh, and i'm gonna do some keys i'm gonna see how that goes right like it, it's a nice way for me to sort of get back into, and i sing right so like i can oh, bring right. that to the table no matter what but i don't necessarily want to be you know i don't Best singer. Quite, I don't quite have the rock star chops anymore. <laughs> <laughs> anymore. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. uh, I, uh, I'd like to, I'd like to have an instrument protecting me somehow. Um, sure. Yeah. Anyway, well, we're talking about effects and like, yes, uh, sorry. In, in this quote, I got to get this quote in. Yeah. So the guitar player in my band, he's like, fish aren't aging like rock stars. They're aging like jazz musicians. I like that. They're not aging like rock stars. They're aging like jazz musicians. And I think when you look at a guy like Herbie Hancock, or if you look, you know, at, at, at jazz musicians as they began to move through and find different ways, different instruments, different different effects to tell their stories, maybe they've lost the speed. Maybe they've lost a little bit of like that that you know whatever. Rawness, they, yeah, that yeah. made them like. But you know they they've they've picked up other soundscapes and they've picked up other ways to like make people interesting and i i really like when he said that i just i took that home and i literally laid in bed and, and thought about that just all the ways that that's an apt comparison because all four of those guys are masters in their craft absolute Absolutely. masters in their craft they're masters in their sound their tone um and so when page finally finally masters his moog and we see the moog take center stage and like that moment like just when that started to creep in again you're like i've been waiting for you to like do that for so long but then he goes back to like this summer really like really uh tastefully putting the organ back in places it hasn't been for a while you're right and and i'm just like i'm hearing more organ and like so he's got full mastery trey it's inevitable. He's almost 60. He's going to lose some speed in his fingers. He's there's, there's certain riffs that he he'll go back to because that that's his safe place, but he's also got a few new things that hit on, on the pedal that makes him, you know, get growly, get crazy, get whatever. Um, I felt bad for Mike during the early part of the effects era, as I call it 4.0, because a lot of what Trey and page were doing, were stepping all over the frequency of what Mike did with mm-hmm. his synth stuff, who yep. actually was the first person in the band, I would say, that really embraced uh, using that sort of synth sound, Mike's synth bass, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and like, he can't be the third person in on that. You can't have <laughs> Trey like going, run, Paige going, run, then Mike's like, yeah, what do go, I do? <laughs> I'll just go to the high register and like, yeah. where's my drill? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Poor Mike in the drill, he gets cut off too often. But this summer, I feel like, they must have had some sort of a conversation or just realization. Okay. We really, really took the effects thing to a certain point in, and let's just try to find a way to intersperse or mix. And then you saw Mike's synthy based stuff come back this summer. And I, I thought this was a really great summer for Mike's playing. And then of course, Fishman, sure. I mean, is it? Yeah. <laughs> 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 but like the wear and tear, like just as a drummer, I just have so much appreciation. I know he can do what he does because he does three to five hours of practicing every single day. And so he he's, to. he's, he's, my comparison is he's a marathon runner. 
he knows he knows how to train his body he knows how to like keep his body in shape like i remember seeing pictures years ago of the drummer from wilco post show with ice bag ice bag ice bag ice bag ice bag ice bag right and i don't know i don't know what's that i said and that's wilco and that's wilco right yeah and like then you got you know johnny b fishman up there just absolutely but he's really mastered if you watch his technique his arms barely move at all he's just got perfect wrist control he's got he just everything is set up in his kit so that he just has to kind of shrug his shoulders to move things around yep even his ride is like just there in reach he's got he's got so much to, to sort of play with and yeah he is he's he's the marathon he's the marathon runner he is and that's uh, a perfect way to put it because you know we all want we all want these lengthy jams right yeah and if someone's never played drums or played any instrument really next time set a timer let's say we'll, we'll call a, a significant jam we'll, we'll call it 15 minutes right just yeah. sit in a chair move your feet and move your hands yeah for 15 minutes yeah. you don't even have to have a drum set just do this for 15 minutes and you're and gonna I've, be like holy shit that was just one jam so i <laughs> and I've been there recently, like, like the awesome sauce. We, we tend to take our songs long. That, that's mm -hmm. who we are. And after 25 minutes, I actually start feeling these fingers go numb. Yeah. Because like, I'm not as er um, ergonomically organized as John Fishman. Like I'm in a corner of a basement, a little, a little too hunched, a little too plain <laughs> like this. Right. Yeah. Got to kind of stretch, get the blood flow going back this way. Uh-huh. It's, it's, it's a marvel, marvel to behold. And he just, and, and, but also the thing about Fishman that still amazes me to this day is how he can steer the ship with just the subtlest change, like just like just the the signal that he wants to keep going and I'm going to just steer it a little bit this way. And mm -hmm. one of them, it doesn't matter who, all it takes is one of them to pick up where he's heading and you end up with like the Alpine Ruby waves. Yep. Like that. He completely, I don't think people realize how much things like the Alpine Ruby waves happen because John Fishman isn't finished playing that song yet and and, and and how pissed off he must be when he gets ripcorded like dude yeah throwing <laughs> yeah. tray in the back of the head <laughs> dude and you you touched on something uh that recently happened you said alpine well hold yeah. on hold on not this year's alpine that this is the ruby waves from from no yeah. no yeah no the point that i was gonna make was about this year's alpine okay yeah um yeah. but i had another point we were talking about fishman um with the steering, where was I going with that? Could be any member that picks oh, it up. Oh yeah, yeah. So what I was going to say is, um, with those monster jams like that, one of the things I like to do, you might do this too, because you're a mus musician. I'll go through and like on my first couple of lis listens, I'll just actively listen or mm -hmm. or passively listen, yep. so to speak. And then on the next run through, I'll be like, okay, I'm really going to dial in and listen to everything Trey's doing. Mm -hmm. And then the next time. I'm really going to dial in and listen to what Mike's do and yeah. make the whole pass through every member. And if you do, it's, it's harder to do with Fishman or with, with drums in general, because it's not a note based instrument, yeah. you know, you're yeah. hearing, yeah. but you, if you do actively go through and just like, okay, I'm listening to Fishman right now. You hear those points that you were talking about. He steers the ship a lot more than what people think. Yeah. He's, I, I totally agree. Um, yeah. and, and I think last year for, for everything that was going on, I still think Fishman gets the MP, MVP for last, last year, 2021. He just gave them so much fire in the belly and, and so many different places. He's so many the different fucking places. man. Yeah. He's the man. Yeah. For Second sure. point before okay. I forget it. Yeah. Um, this year, mm -hmm. Alpine Valley, the, um, 
saw this on Twitter because I, you know, I always look at the set list on Live Fish and I'm like, okay, you know, check out the show. Like, what am I going to listen to? Um, But I saw on Twitter, someone made the connection to, and then it spread like wildfire of the not playing 1999 and then jamming out the, uh, the uh, fluff head. Yeah. 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 And I was yeah. like, holy shit, what a self aware organism mm-hmm. this band is. Like, yeah. Or is it just pure coincidence? I don't know. Cause I, I we got done the Toronto show and all of a sudden I started seeing things on Twitter about uh, the widespread uh, guitarist uh, and, 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 and the whole, you know, down with disease 20 years later. Um, that one's a little bit more of a stretch, though. That's a stretch to me. Yeah. That, 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 because I was at that show, and I, I don't feel like I, well, I know somebody that actually got, um, this was actually really fascinating. You might find this interesting. So we're all, I think we all sort of speculate how much planning goes into set making and so on and so forth. Sure. Uh, my buddy was here from Prince Edward Island. Made, made, that's a pretty big trip out. Um, Prince Edward Island's like one of our is our smallest Canadian uh, province. It's out just off the shores of Nova Scotia. Okay. And um, anyway, his girlfriend got him uh, the quote unquote paper set list from the stage. And so I actually got to see what the setup looked like of what they're taking out with them every night. I just assumed that it would have been on would have been on like the monitor that Trey has for lyrics. Yeah, it's an actual piece of paper. So they do write out a set list. It's not a set list. Okay. It's a list of possible songs. Gotcha. And there's about uh, there's there's there was a column with about 20 on each side. I like that better. That they that they could have gone to. And um and it like for example, uh you know, uh Prechcore was 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 on there but didn't get played, uh but got sound checked, right? Uh-huh. Uh and it, but some of the stuff we did see was on there. Um and it was just really interesting because I like that a lot too, because that's the way that I used to do sets when I, I do an acoustic set. I just have my list and I kind of look down, I'd be like, where am I heading? What am I going? What am I doing? Uh-huh. And it's how they kind of, I know, probably avoid total repeats. I know there's been a lot of bitching about repeats this summer, but like a, a true back-to-back night repeat. Right. For Trey to be able to kind of look down and go, okay, yeah, no, this We're is good this for is this a, one. Yeah. This is in the wheelhouse. But again, just, you know, piece of paper, plain white paper, black font, you know, 25 to 30 songs sitting there. That's uh, cool. Pick and choose from that. And then there were a couple of things that they played that weren't even on that list. So uh, I'll try to, I'll try to find the picture for you. Cause he sent, he sent me the picture and I was like, is that what I think it is? He's like, Oh yeah, that's exactly what you think it is. I'm like, See that's, that. and that's fucking cool because, and that tie, that's what I would expect from fish. You know, mm-hmm. you have to have some structure to like your point, make sure you're not playing disease back to back or whatever yeah. song back to back. Um, but like the thought of a, like a orchestrated set list kind of would bum me out. It's like, Hey, Ruby waves, 35 minutes, you know, out. it just, I don't think they, I don't think they can do that anymore. No. Anybody that watches the show would never be able to accuse them of that. That's yeah. Sure. No. Yeah, absolutely. And, exactly. and the fact that they play stuff that's not on the list too, like yeah. is also refreshing. Yeah. I love that, man. Cool. Um, I know you mentioned you have uh, band practice tonight. Yeah, um, I do. I do. So I won't keep you too much longer. I usually yeah. try to keep these things at an hour, uh, but we're, we're about an, about the, an inter- the international edition has has <laughs> blown through the sound barrier. We're... Dude, I'm not kidding. Your stories are amazing. That's that's what these that's what this is about. This is I a... feel like I'm just rambling on that I'm talking too much. No, this is, this, 
no, total, dude. total vanity project. <laughs> no, you, no, you wait until we get the feedback from this episode. Yeah. This is, cool. it's really based around stories, your yeah. story, whoever the guest yeah. is story. Sure. And the, the questions are just kind of like to, you know, pivoting points. Yeah. This is the show of tangents <laughs> and I love it. But dude, Scotty, thank you so much for, for coming on and taking the time. Um, and thank you for working me. I know you had a busy day. Thank you for working me in and no. thank you for going long. And, um, are you, have you ever, I know you mentioned the fish festivals, but have you yeah. ever made the trip to Dick's? No, you haven't. I've never gone to Dick's because it's as a teacher, I, in Canada, our school starts right after Labor Day. And so it's just not tenable for me right now yep. to do Dick's and then be any sort of functioning human being uh, coming into uh, into the school year. Uh, I want I want desperately to go to Colorado in general. I've never been to Colorado either. It's really uh, nice. So I, I would I would love to do that some year, maybe a retirement year. Uh, yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot closer than than I'd like to admit. Uh, and if, <laughs> if, if those guys can still keep doing it and just hold on for like seven more years, <laughs> look, look 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 for Scotty King Dicks twenty twenty nine. He'll be there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there. We, we can't have you showing up to uh, the first day of school like Jack Black on the School of Rock, being like, yeah. oh, "I'm hungover." Uh, Who knows what I, that means? <laughs> I uh, I've gotten a few Jack Black par- comparisons in my lifetime. That that's that's for sure. That's a nice halfway. But I do have some special plan for, for so i've got a i've got a milestone birthday coming up uh in uh, in 2023 and so everybody put good vibes out in the universe for an msg 2023 because i've go. already gotten the clearance for uh i'm a december baby so uh i i've never never done msg dude i haven't uh, either and and so i've gotten official clearance from all parties involved for for a yem run in 2023 that's uh that's that's the dream that's the goal now now i'm gonna start dicks 2029 i'm gonna start on my wife almost immediately now it's like okay so just just so you know we're going to colorado yeah the kids will be old enough um yeah but but i to you to you clay thank you so much uh, as well um this this kind of a podcast is is a service to uh, to people like me because um i've been it's been funny like i said i've been on a few podcasts recently but uh there's probably a lot of people like me that don't have a whole lot of fish fans in their town. And probably a lot of people like me that are getting older that don't have as many people to talk to fish about. And I find anyway, listening to your podcast, listening to other podcasts, it's like having somebody in the room that knows what you're talking about. And especially during the pandemic, that was such a good feeling, Mm. but I think people even above and beyond what happened in the pandemic, this kind of a podcast can help so many people feel like they're, they're, not alone that you know someone as crazy as them about about you know the riverport gym gin as anybody else yeah. uh and 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 so the fact that you're out here doing this and giving your time is is really appreciated as well so thank you thanks man i appreciate it it's it's fun i mean you touched on it it's who doesn't like to sit around and talk about fish for an hour so <laughs> thanks exactly. again for being on and um everybody uh thanks for listening if you're still with us and uh we'll be back next week